All right, so lately we've been watching courtroom stuff for, you know, Perry Mason, fucking the Defenders, etc., etc. So we could go down that, uh, I mean, we could go down that forever, but I just thought it'd be good to take a break because I'm just getting a little burned out on courtroom detective. Weeklies is getting to you. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to dip into once in a while, but it's just not my favorite genre. So it's like, you know, I think we've we've done enough of that for uh, for now. We could take a little break. So instead, I thought, because it's just something you mentioned in passing, just when we were not recording the podcast, uh, but I thought sounded interesting, is The Waltons, because I didn't know anything about it. Again, it's just one of these floating around in my head things. I thought The Waltons was like Leave it to Beaver, or uh, what was that other one? Leave it to Beaver was the good one. And then, oh, the um, Ozzy and Harriet? Yeah, and Ozzy and Harriet was the bad one. I thought it was that era, like 50s era. And then when you mentioned it was further back, and it was more the super poor... It's the depression. Yeah, living yeah. in the mountains type of shit. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, that's just... Because uh, do you remember there's that uh, novel, The Glass Castle? that was about the uh, ladies growing up kind of poor with an alcoholic dad? Yes, yes, that book where uh, they traveled around a whole lot and the father was, yeah, pretty right. freaking abusive and leaving the kids in the car all the time and that sort of thing. And Well, in particular, that's somewhat similar, but there was another book she wrote about uh, her grandmother that goes back even further. And to me, that sounds like when you were describing the Waltons, sounds similar of like what it was like to really grow up with no fucking money. <laughs> and I just thought that would be interesting, although I'm sure the TV version of it is a lot more sanitized and stuff. But then I was looking into it. I just figured I'd just grab the first episode of the Waltons. But uh, then I found there's a pilot that the Waltons, before the show, a year before the show, they made a TV movie that was essentially a pilot for the show. And it all the actors were different except the kids, because I assume whoever were the adult actors, they just weren't available anymore. They had to recast everybody. So I thought that might be interesting. Instead of just watching The Waltons, mm -hmm. let's watch the TV movie that preceded The Waltons. But then as I was looking into that, it went back even further that it turns out The Waltons is based on a 1961 novel by Earl Hamner Jr. called Spencer's Mountain. And in 1963, they made a full-on movie with Henry Fonda and Maureen O'Hara of Spencer's Mountain. So before the Waltons and before the TV movie of the Waltons, there was like a full big-budget Hollywood movie 10 years earlier that's basically the Waltons. So I was like, well, let's just do that then. Because, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's bound to be... I mean, it's the same author, that Earl ha Hamner guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he wrote the Waltons TV and, series. And uh, yeah, and I just assumed this movie... I mean, it's going to be much higher budget and probably, you know, more, a little easier to digest than a random TV movie from the 70s, <laughs> you know? So instead of the, the Waltons TV movie, I was like, let's just watch the actual movie. And again, I, I don't know, Henry Fonda, right? Pretty yeah. famous. Although, well, what we should do then is watch the movie, but then watch an episode of The Waltons. Yeah. The TV series, The Waltons. Because it covers a range from about 19, I'm going to say maybe 1934, 1933, 34, and it goes right up to the end of, I think it goes to the end of World War II. Right. And those kids, of course, are grown up by that time, and, is, and another generation is coming along. But yeah, a, the, the well went a lot deeper than I expected mm. for the Waltons. But then this movie, even though it's a big budget movie or whatever, 
it was ironically a lot harder to find. The Waltons is, you know, very famous. It was pretty easy for me to track down the Waltons. This movie I almost couldn't find. I managed to find one little person on like the Pirate Bay. It's got like three people in the world that are still keeping this file alive. Which is amazing when you consider that they're Maureen O'Hara and Henry Fonda. Those are pretty big, pretty big acting names. Yeah, so in some ways that doesn't uh, bode well, you know, that this movie is obviously not remembered. And uh, just for based on stuff from the wiki page, basically the reviews at the time, like apparently this movie, because it's a movie, it is more in line with the novel. It's like a little harder edged than the Waltons could be because Waltons was just on TV but the reviews all basically say the book's better so I mean we're not going to read the book so this is the best we got <laughs> this becomes a book club you know all of a sudden uh, and the only other difference is that the um, novel and the Waltons both take place in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains yeah, of Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. however this movie they changed the setting to Wyoming but uh, Wyoming's very pretty, so <laughs> for, uh, that's probably why. They probably just changed it because they wanted yeah. the Wyoming vista. Yeah, but you, Wyoming, you think of Wyoming as um, prairie-type, you know, flatland, whereas the the hill, the Blue Hills, the Kentucky Hills, would, well, they're hills. Yeah, so it's a little unusual. I'm not sure why. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see why, because, see, the Kentucky Hills people was famous for its above-ground mining, and, that, and that's an extreme poverty. Now, you don't, when you think of poverty in the United States, especially in the Depression era, you don't usually think of Wyoming. I'm sure they did suffer. But, uh, yeah, those mountain people, yeah, they really had it hard. Anyway, interesting that they changed, that they changed location, too. Maybe the Kentuckians wouldn't let them into the Blue Ridge Mountains. To Again, it would actually be, be kind of neat, speaking of the Glass Castle, they actually did do a movie of the Glass Castle, but I never brought it in for us to do, because even though that book was really good, the movie just didn't stick with me but it would be great if they did a movie of this other book about the grandmother because like it was shocking levels of poverty like worse than this is going to be where basically the grandma the house that she grew up in was essentially a dugout like they dug into a hill and then put a door on it and they didn't have proper windows they just had wax paper so you could tell if it was day or night it would let some light through but you couldn't see through it and uh, because it was literally, they lived in like a cave. So it was like a little house and, you know, they had their, their dinner table and stuff. But she said there'd be times that like moles and scorpions and shit that were digging through the ground would just dig through the ceiling and land on their table. Like, that's fucking poor. That's See, crazy. That's, uh, we also, I also mentioned to you Little House on the Prairie. And the the beginning of Little House on the Prairie is like that. They arrive on the prairie and they, they kind of build a dugout type house. And I don't know if I told you this, but I mentioned somebody not too long ago. The day that they brought the glass window in. Yeah, you did. You told me that. Yeah, it was yeah. like, wow, light. They've got light now in this little house that they had created on the prairie. And that was very common when people were going out to settle. Uh, you know, they didn't have building supplies or whatever. All they had is a great big wagon with whatever they might have on it. And here's a patch of land. Go clear it. And so they'd clear it and, yeah, dig a little ground house. That usually was their first their first houses. And then later, as wood became available, they would build their little houses, wooden houses. Even when you think of when settlers first came here, though, they wouldn't have had a lot of money. And they would have had to set up in 
things like that. Can you imagine what it must have been like when you built your first little log house here? You had no idea what winter was like, especially if you came from Europe where the temperature would have been much milder. And that first friggin' winter would hit. You probably didn't have insulation. Well, you wouldn't have insulation. But you'd have your logs that wouldn't have all clearly fit together. The wind would whip through there. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. Yeah, cold. Yeah. Yeah, I do think about that sometimes, and it's a bit terrifying <laughs> to consider. You go to get your bucket of water there in the middle of November, and the water, the river's frozen over. you got to get your axe out and find, hopefully dig a little hole so you can get a little bit of water. Here we go. I just wanted to look up the name of this because I couldn't quite remember. The other book, the book about Jeanette Wallace's grandmother, it's called Half Broke Horses. And uh, look, there's the little, there's the picture of her grandma <laughs> and the siblings. But I never actually even finished that book because The Glass Castle, like it was, it was, you know, obviously a rough life and the weird alcoholic dad moving around, but it was still like kind of a fun read in a weird way. And now that they're all adults, everyone, everyone turned out all right. I never finished this book about the grandmother because it was so fucking depressing of like she, but the, I mean, the grandma had this, you know, rough and tumble attitude, like no problem, nothing gets me down, but just insane. Like not only did she grow up in the dugout house, then she moved to like Chicago or something, some big city and worked in a factory and her roommate and like best friend was this woman who had like, she had long red hair. She was so proud of her long red hair that even though they were supposed to keep their hair tied up in this factory, she left hers down and they got caught in a machine and she got pulled in. So I was already like, this is getting a little little rough. So then uh, grandma moves to some obscure town to become a teacher and she does that for a while. And her little sister moves in with her, who had gone to Hollywood to try to be an actress and it didn't work or whatever. She moves into this small town and gets pregnant and becomes the pariah of the small town and hangs herself. And that's when I'm like, I, someday I'll finish this book, but what the fuck? <laughs> like, and it's all a true story is the worst part. If it was just like fiction, I'd be like, come on, what is all this? Stop trying to pull my heartstrings. Like, you're overdoing it. But you can't say that when it's real life. It's like, this is what happened. It's like, fuck. <laughs> well, if for that, from that same period, one of the most famous books out there is The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, I've never read that. And the movie of The Grapes of Wrath is pretty good. Black and white really does show a whole lot of that poverty and those people moving, usually from those mountain countries, like areas like, like Kentucky, going west because west was the promised land. And if you could make it to California, it was the land of dreams because there was work for everybody, picking oranges and all that stuff. And as they're traveling across the desert, um, geez, it's pretty freaking depressing. And they got to stay in these work camps, and and they're driving around in their old beat-up truck that's got nothing on it but a few little bits of furniture, and people die along the way. And of course, when they do get the promised the promised land at the end of the road, um, there is no work because everybody's gone there. Everybody's hoping for work, and it's pretty depressing. But I got to say, the movie version of it was also very good about giving you the impression of how bad it was and how hard it was and no money and you'd you know get up on the crack of dawn and you'd go to some peach farm somewhere because they were hiring for that day but they only would take the first five guys or the first ten guys and there'd be like a hundred guys there and the other guy they'd have you'd have to go home and picking up little bits of the old rotten peaches to take home to feed the family because there was nothing else to eat like (laughs) it's pretty 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 good but it's an excellent book Excellent book, Grapes of Wrath. So yeah, I guess that this whole genre, this is like you know, what it comes down to is how uh, how brutal is it going to be? So 
from what I gather from this, Spencer's Mountain is going to be a little harsher than the Waltons, but not as harsh as this other stuff. Is it? Also, the TV show does a very good job of showing hardship, but, but at the end of the day, this family is self-sufficient because they have their own lumber that they mine, and they, they own this mountain. They own Walton's Mountain. They do farming, subsistence farming, enough to keep the family going. And, and of course, they have this strong family connection. And it's a very good show for, for teaching morality. Like when the kids do something wrong, the parents don't excuse it or whatever, but they, but they don't, they usually let the children figure out themselves like what they've done and how to fix it. And, so, and that's the main theme about it. But, it. but it shows some, you know, that there's no money, kids, sorry, you're not gonna get it. And the two little children, when the show opens, are they running around with no shoes on? Right. They might have one special pair of shoes that they might wear on going to church on Sunday or wearing to school, but then they, they'd have to take them off when they get home. So yeah, Spencer's Mountain, 1963, and if you want to watch along at home, uh, good fucking luck. I don't know what to tell you unless you're, uh, again, I got this off the Pirate Bay. I straight up just had to pirate this, and even then I'm surprised I was able. It's not easy to find, but that's what we're doing this week. that they wrap it up like that because I guess they didn't know at the time that there was a TV series coming. <laughs> they thought that was it. Because, uh, yeah. And but that's yeah. how the show ends. So the TV show always ends with good night, good night, good night, good night. Yeah, that's another one of those things I've heard parodies of and stuff. But I didn't realize where it was from. Yeah, so uh, basically we bailed out on uh, Spencer's Mountain, the movie version, because... Uh, it was a two-hour movie, and we watched the whole first hour, and we were just going to take a little break, and we realized, like, we don't even want to finish this. This sucks. <laughs> so we quickly skirted past it, but luckily I had the Walton's uh, TV movie from the 70s also here, so we just watched that instead. And yeah, way, way better. Yeah, like, yeah far superior, and very, very close to the TV series that followed it up. I can see why they made a TV series out of that. Oh, I, that first thing, piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, really weird, because, like, again, I mean, I hadn't seen The Waltons before, and I obviously haven't read the book, but just from the the basic description of, you know, the uh, relatively poor family, the depression, 
all that stuff was gone in that Spencer's Mountain movie. It came out in 63, and it was set in the early 60s because someone's tombstone said 1959, so it was contemporary. It was Wyoming, so they had these beautiful vistas and stuff. But there's like a part where the youngest daughter asks if they're poor, but there's no sense that they're poor at all. (laughs) They seem extremely well-to-do. I don't know, it's just weird. Like I was saying how if, if I just saw Spencer's Mountain on TV and I... I never would connect it to the Waltons. It's like such a misguided, like they took away everything that is interesting about the Waltons, and I don't understand why. It's so weird. So I feel good for that writer that 10 years later they got to make this TV movie and actually do it properly, and then it was a big hit and became the Waltons in this big famous show, ran for nine seasons or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we bailed out on that that movie because it's the terrible. The first one was almost like... Uh Oh, just a, a show about stars. Yeah. You know, Henry Fonda and Maureen O'Hara. And th- it wasn't real. The son, for example, he's supposed to be 18, just graduating from high school. Well, he's kind of an old thing by that right. time. And he looks like a, like a high school jock. He doesn't look like a, somebody who is um, a writer and... Uh, like John Boy Walton is almost like uh, he would always be considered a nerd today. He's very much into, you know, book books, book learning. They, oh, they do the library thing in that Spencer's Mountain, but there's no connection between yeah. why that boy would be working in a library. That's a real nice library, too. They talk about it being put into an old shack and an old shed. But, but everything in that movie was just so similar to those 1950s, 60s movies. Like uh, when we were out driving, I said it was like Ozzy and Harriet. Right. Very much like that. Yeah, and the feeling I got, I mean, there's not enough documentation or not even anyone who cares enough to have done the research. So I don't, I don't know anything about the actual circumstances, but it feels like like some Hollywood people, they're like, all right, we got this, this fucking depressing-ass book about these poor people in the Depression. What could we do to make it more palatable to audiences? Well, let's set it in beautiful Wyoming. Let's make everyone less poor. Let's uh, take away all the conflict, and let's uh, put some stars in it. And yeah, and it's just like, like why, why didn't you just call it something else? <laughs> like, and nothing so happened. For, I mean, we watched at least half of that, and really nothing happened except the boy graduated from high school, and yeah. there was this oh, well, they on and in. on and on speech about uh, the future and graduating. And oh, they crammed in like the occasional spike of drama it was very awkward. It's like, oh, the baby's chair fell over. Oh, but he's okay. The tree fell on grandpa, which was just funny because how does a tree well, fall on your grandpa? Dad, granddad died though. We weren't, we didn't watch that part. Doesn't make it not funny though. I mean, <laughs> so that, like, that's really the only thing that happened, yeah, in it. And and even just from a uh, pedantic nerd standpoint. You know, the idea is that they're off in the middle of nowhere. You know, they live on this mountain. They call it their mountain, but really it's just land that they have lived on for a while. They don't actually own it. It's all just kind of a destitute, weird situation where the Wyoming version, not only is it this this vibrant community full of people and everything seems great, but I was pointing out to you where I could see, like, there's obviously a highway in the background because cars are driving by, so you don't even get that feeling of There also was no character development at all in that Spencer's Mountain. Whereas in the Waltons, each of those children had their own personality, and they developed that. Uh, the parents were not overly affectionate and lovey-dovey. You know, times were tough, and you had to be tough. And especially that mother raising those children while the father was away. 
um, working 50 miles away, and she's got like six or seven children there that she's got to kind of keep in line. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. They did a, but for Spencer's Mountain, don't bother anybody who's thinking about viewing it. Don't bother. Yeah, it makes Be a lot proud. of sense. It makes a lot of sense that it's never talked about and it was hard for, hard to find. You know, because it's yeah, it's it's uh, inessential. I guess the only thing that uh, apparently was more a part of the book is. Um, that the book did deal a little more with drinking because of course you're just in these weird ozarks and shit you're this weird poor family there's going to be people around drinking so the peter fonda version did obviously deal with the uh, the idea that the dad gets drunk sometimes they at least touched on it where the walton's show doesn't at all but that's it. That's the only thing. And it's But in the Walton show they talk about the recipe and you also have to remember that in the nineteen sixties booze was not such a big deal, but in the nineteen thirties it would have been because there was prohibition in the States. Yeah. Such a that's that's the most truly bizarre thing. Like maybe moving it to Wyoming you could make that work, but once you set it in the sixties, it doesn't like there's no point anymore it doesn't even there's no reason for this story to exist <laughs> what a strange choice so anyway yeah so uh spencer's mountain big thumbs down but the the waltons the uh, pilot it's called the homecoming a christmas story which is the pilot episode for the waltons that's a lot easier to find and that i actually would recommend that's and much, you even said as we when we were out earl hamner if he watched the spencer's mountain and i'm sure he did uh, must have thought, my good Lord, this is not even close to the reality that he lived, which is what the Waltons is all about. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like the tale is old as time of just like you're excited that Hollywood comes a knocking, so you just let them, you just sign away your thing, and then when it comes out, you're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> they totally fucked it up. It always makes me think of it's not related really, but it's a great story, is uh, Rocky, the first Rocky movie. Because Sylvester Stallone was not known at all. He was a total unknown, but he wrote that movie. And they offered him, like, a lot of money, and he needed the money. He was, you know, like, living on a shoestring. But they, they offered to buy his script, but he wasn't going to be involved. And he refused. He's like, I'm not going to sell this script unless I play Rocky. And I think his, his quote was, like, the worms can fucking play Rocky. Like, <laughs> I'll just, you know, this thing will come to my grave. And then someone else agreed for much less money they're like all right we're not going to pay you that much though if we're going to have this weird unknown actor but then obviously that but look what happened yeah i mean that was this probably the smartest move that guy ever made and it's probably the hardest thing to do because if you're earl jr i always remember, forget his name hebner. but earl hebner hebner jr um like i'm sure he's probably thinking if i don't take this deal if i don't sign away my book for the henry fonda movie maybe no one will ever make a movie at all it's better to do this and and luckily it worked out for him 10 years later it finally worked out but yeah it's just one of those tough things that if if you're ever in that position somehow whoever's out there that some hollywood bigwigs want to just buy your thing and wreck it yeah you gotta say no it's not it's not worth it <laughs> well if you have a, a lot of self-respect for what you have done i guess that's when you have to say no i'll wait it out well, it must be extra. I mean, I'm sure that Spencer's Mountain thing was extra disappointing to him because it's based on his life. But possibly he was able to make the homecoming 10 yeah. years later because of Spencer's Mountain. Yeah, possibly. You never know. I mean, the two, the two seem totally disconnected. 
but there may have been enough interest from Spencer's Mountain that it led into the homecoming 10 years later. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, that's yes. true. There is no hard and fast rule. And if rule. he had said to Spencer's Mountain, absolutely not, <laughs> you know, you're not going to desecrate my story like that, maybe it never would have gone anywhere. You never know. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, there's definitely no, uh, I don't know what's the word, there's no questioning, though, which one was the good one and which one was the bad one. Yeah. It's not even and close. I, and, and there's no, I think there's no question why Spencer's Mountain is not one of these movies where you say, oh, yeah, everybody's seen Spencer's Mountain. It's got all these stars in it. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yeah, now I'm even, like, surprised because I was saying how hard it was to get a copy. There was, like, three people in the entire world that are keeping the file alive on the Pirate Bay. I wonder who even they are. Like, it must just be film historian types that are just trying to keep every movie yeah. available. Or maybe someone who is a... Like a big a, Walton's fan? A, a big, um, maybe not a Walton's fan, but a Henry Fonda fan. You know, maybe oh, yeah, has yeah. a collection of all Henry Fonda movies. Right. Maybe they love Maureen O'Hara and they have all of Maureen O'Hara's stuff, whatever it is. Um, it could be that, too. But definitely, yeah, it's one of those like black hole films where no matter who you pick, any actor in that the writer, probably the director too. I bet anybody involved, that's nobody's best movie in their career. That's <laughs> that's just a forgotten movie from all sides. And even, yeah, like even that it's connected to the Waltons, I think it's only because I started digging deep into the research that I even knew that. No one knows that. No one cares. <laughs> so, I mean, it seems mean to say, but it's like forgotten with good cause. It's fine that that movie's forgotten. It doesn't matter that it's forgotten. It should be forgotten. It should be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess next week I'll get the finished Walton show just because I'm sure it's very similar to that uh, it is. Christmas story. But. It, it, it is very similar to that. New mother, new father, new grandfather. Right, because it was only a year later. So. Uh, and but, the kids uh, are the but same. The, but the, the theme of it and the interaction of those children is 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 the key to that show uh, and the, the morality of you know some issue and then morally it has to be resolved etc 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 even still though like in the the Walton's pilot the dad only shows up at the very end but even before he shows up just people talking about him he has more of a character than Henry Fonda's character did in <laughs> Spencer's Mountain. And then when he does show up, he's got that great story about how he wrestled Santa Claus to the ground <laughs> and stole his presents. Like, yeah, like a million times of a better character. Although I do feel like uh, maybe that's one of those things, if, you know, for TV, they, they obviously want to sanitize it somewhat, where that story of he comes home and he's got his wild story about uh, wrestling Santa Claus, I bet there's a good chance that in the original novel a bit of that is tinged with maybe dad was uh, drinking a bit on his walk home because <laughs> that really feels like one of those like fun drunk stories and then maybe there's the parts where it's not as fun that he's drunk but if you're going to lose anything in the show because it's network tv in the 70s that's that's fine it's a small thing to lose where the spencer's mountain thing kind of left that part in and lost everything else <laughs> very strange <laughs> 